0: This episode of the Gourmet Goober is brought to you by SoFoodie, that's Foodie with the PH. SoFoodie is the go-to platform that highlights the stories and showcases the talent of brothers and sisters who are innovating and creating in the world of food and beverage. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at SoFoodie, that's foodie with the pH, or sign up for their email at SoFoodie with a P-H. dot com. And this is JJ Outlaw.
1: Hi, I'm T. Outlaw.
0: And we are back with a new episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast. You can find me on social media anytime on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. You can find me on the Instagram, says the kitties like to call it, at Gourmet Goober. And as every episode, I start my time by saying hello to my husband, that dude. Um, Sorry, the dark desperado. That's right. You know, I don't even call him that any time that we're not on the air, just so you know. It's not like that comes up in conversation or like I see him in the morning, like, good morning, Dark Desperado. I just call it for you for the mic. That's okay. I'm sure,
1: like, you know, when he's not on the mic that, you know, the freaking Puerto Rican isn't always referred to as the freaking Puerto Rican.
0: Oh, no, I have on authority. He's called that all the time. Oh. (laughs) But anyway, where can they find you?
1: You can find me, T (laughs) Outlaw, that dude, the dark desperado, on Twitter at T Outlaw. That's O U T. Or is it O? Sorry, T O U T L A W. I like how I dropped the spelling now. And you can also find me on Instagram at T Outlaw Josie Wells. You know,
0: at the last couple episodes where you proudly tell people that you can spell, apparently you (laughs) can't.
1: Hey, <laughs> hey, we don't have to go there. It's Sunday. I fell off.
0: Um, in case you wanted to find us on on Facebook, and um, um you don't have to, okay. but if you're so inclined, you can find us under the Gourmet Goober blog. Um, you can always catch us at the dot and um, you can also drop us a line anytime at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. So feel free to email us if you have questions. If we were actually jokingly talking about doing a segment called Ask the Goober. So if you have a question you want to ask the Goober, um, you want to send fan mail to Braxton the dog, (laughs) who Plumgood has identified as our new co-host.
1: He's the silent co-host.
0: And we'd like it that way, because he barked in the last episode. But he's asleep now. Or is he?
1: But right now, he's asleep.
0: Yes, he's sleeping as opposed to destroying all the toys he gets. Yes. But, yeah, we um, just drop us a line anytime. So, Big Daddy, how was your week?
1: How was my week? Braxton. That dog. <laughs> no. My co-host has uh, been showing his tail around town and I have to kind of keep him in line. But for the most part of my week has been uh, just working on different projects and uh, working on my general, sorry, my overall general health, uh, which I guess is in these times is a thing. So, but for the most part, I have a pretty decent week.
0: Yeah. It, you know, it's funny that you said Braxton, because it seems like Braxton has pretty much taken up a lot of our time outside of like for me working and other things but it's so funny having a dog at home again after not having one for a year because there's little things that you totally forget about like um puppy zooms and, and I think I mentioned this even the last episode where you know one in the morning you're just chilling the house is quiet and all of a sudden you see- Here's seventy pounds almost a puppy running through your house. And then there is we <laughs> he, he he's a sweet dog.
1: <laughs> I like the caveat from the start.
0: Let me preface this by saying Fraxon is an adorable dog. Although now that I think about it, he's gonna start snoring, isn't he? Possibly. You guys, you may hear him snore on the air. I don't even know how to handle that.
1: Laid out on a couch like he has a full-time job.
0: Oh, my God. He snores like a lumberjack. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He snores like a truck driver after pulling a double chip. I mean, seriously. This dog acts like he has a full-time job. And maybe, I don't know, maybe destroying chew toys is exhausting. I, I don't do it on a regular basis. But I swear to God, it's just my whole week has been writing, um, following up on with clients within the organization I work for, um, as far as editing, you know, press releases and, you know, following up on designs for lunch and learns, virtual lunch and learns. But outside of that, lots and lots of fluffies. Seriously, I dream of stuffing out of toys now. <laughs> and he he gets so excited because he's, he's an American bully. And so he's what, about 62, 63 pounds?
1: Yeah, about 63 pounds right
0: now. They say that he, when we had got him from the American, um, we got him from the Maine Society, rather, they said that he was about a year old, but we think that he might be just slightly younger Cause he's going through this like incredible chewing phase and lucky for us. It's not like he chews us or he doesn't choose the cat. He leaves the furniture alone. He's perfect with that for now, but we're going to put that in the universe, He's going to be perfect with that forever. But when he sees like a stuffed toy, Oh my God, he's so excited and he takes it. And then next thing you know, we're like taking bets now. Okay. How long will the toy last? And usually he will have the stuffing out of it in what? Hour. Hour. No, no. Yesterday the, the loofah dog, it took him like less than an hour. It was like 30 minutes. But it was it's a big toy, right? It's a big long loofah dog. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. If you have a dog. But it's like this big long toy that looks like a dog, like it has like feet and
1: like a wiener dog. Yeah, kind it kind of kinda
0: looks like a a wiener dog. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I got the largest one because I thought, okay, it's going to take him a while to get that together. No. Nah, he fucked that thing up in like 10 minutes. And he looks for the squeaker. Because he lives for the squeaker. If the toy squeaks, he is good to go. <laughs> but yeah, he very happily like rips it apart. And so we're just like... Okay, well, do you want the harder chewy thing? No, nah, no, not really. Does it have treats in it? The Kong. Well, I could put the what the donkey cheese was in it. Okay, if it has the donkey cheese in it, Mom, I will eat it then. Otherwise, give me the soft toy. And so, <laughs> it it's it's quite amusing the number of toys that he has gone through. And yeah, I'm yeah. actually impressed that our vacuum cleaner has not died out yet. Yeah. And it's funny because our last dog was a Kaysund.
1: Kaysund.
0: Oh, that's right. Kaysund. That's, that's the right. Brand the brand Dutch
1: brand. refer to him as a Kaysund. Kaysund.
0: <laughs> So our last dog was a Kaysund. Hmm. <laughs> and if you know anything about them, they're just amazing, really sweet dogs. Great temperament. Just like Braxton. Braxton has great temperament too but they're very, very furry. Like they have two layers of fur. And like in the winter time, he blow, blows out his second layer.
1: Hmm. And then
0: in the summer when it gets hot, he blows his undercoat. And so literally our living room, which is one minute, it'll just be clean. And the next minute, I don't know if you've ever seen like the spaghetti Western with the huge bills of tumbleweed flowing through the, the scenery. It was like that only it was his undercoat. So in Our marriage, how many vacuum cleaners have you seen we've gone through?
1: We're on number nine.
0: Oh, so you actually kept count.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We're on vacuum cleaner number nine. So when we got Braxton, I was like, oh, Braxton is perfect. He's sweet. He's very, you know, he's very affable. And he has no giant undercoat. Cleaning after him would be a breeze. Braxton's like, hold my treat. So, about once a day, I clean my office. I clean the floor with fluffies. Just, and I know they're not called fluffies. It's called stuffing. It's just, it's what I call them. I dream of fluffies now. I last night I had a dream about my house being overtaken by fluffies.
1: Is it kind of like the Mariah Carey video where, like, you know, they're fighting with the pillows and everything, and there's just fluffies everywhere?
0: No, no, no. You know what it's like. Remember the episode of Star Trek with the Tribbles? Yes. But instead of Tribbles, it's giant stuffing, balls of stuffing. Hmm. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. So if anyone knows of a Klingon ship that I can just, like, send the Fluffies to, kind of like how they got rid of the Tribbles, I'm down with that. But until that exists, yeah, that is pretty much my life. And it's been kind of funny because... Braxton has taken delight in making his love of stuff things known at the most inopportune times. Like one time he was sleeping in my desk and I was like, okay, I'm going to take a zoom meeting because my organization every Monday, we have like a general meeting. And this one was pretty big. We went over our organization's values. So we had this thing that we went over together and I was trying to pay attention because, again, new person. And I'm trying to integrate myself into this system. And then you hear these squeak, squeak, squeak. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. I muted the computer. And next thing you know, there's Fluffy's flying. (laughs) Flying in the background. So I'm sure if people are, like, looking closely, they could see yet another toy that he has fucked up joyfully.
1: (laughs) It's like a lawnmower (laughs) ran over like a bag of cotton balls.
0: Oh, my God. And it gives him such joy. He's so happy with it. So I guess I can't be mad at it. It's just. The only thing was, remember the last night when I was like, why does he do it? And I looked up about for some dogs, they just like doing it. It's relaxing for them. And then some dogs, it's like for a prey. Like it satisfied their prey <laughs> um urges and I'm just like, Oh so in other words, we should just keep giving him those, otherwise he will kill us in our sleep, right?
1: <laughs> I'm putting the cats in front of me. <laughs> right here.
0: The cats are like, dude, we tried to tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah, the cats don't 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 mess with him. They just like mm mm. But he is
0: afraid of the cats though, I think.
1: Well, yeah, when they throw you know, when they throw paw. They get mad and start swinging. Yeah, he backs up.
0: You know, the sad thing is he is still trying to appeal to the cats, although the cats are getting bolder. So this week the cats have just decided we're going to leave home base, the little room that they're in, and we're just going to saunter around and just troll him, basically. And it's so funny because he's still not smart enough to figure out that once the cats leave, like, I don't even, I, I think the problem is, He doesn't know how many cats there are.
1: He doesn't? He can't count?
0: I don't think he's figured it out. Because, like, when Bean, we have two cats, right? And the younger of the two is named Jelly Bean. We call him Bean. When Bean gets out of his room and he's, like, walking around and stuff, he'll see Bean in the hallway. They'll make eye contact. And then there's, like, this waiting period. And I think he's trying to figure out, what Bean will do, and then I'll try to match him. So Bean eventually will go to the room, and then he's like, "Dude, I'm gonna lose him." And then he runs towards the door, and we have a little barrier, so the cats can get out, but he can't get in. And so he'll look, and he'll be like, "Okay," and then he'll start going back to where he last saw Bean in the hallway,
1: mm-hmm. as if
0: to see if there is another one of him in there. So I don't think he's gotten the gist of it that there's only two cats because oftentimes I will see him running through the house where he last saw the cat, even though he knows the cat went back in the room and was looking for another little woodland creature to pop up so that he can try to greet it.
1: So he thinks there's like a a factory of cats just randomly hiding out from him.
0: I wonder if he does actually. It's actually pretty adorable.
1: I just think that the little sucker likes, you know, the camp town races because Lord let one of those cats get caught out in the, uh, in the open hallway or in the kitchen. All of a sudden it becomes like, like bad episodes of Scooby-Doo where like, you know, he starts chasing them all over the house.
0: But let me just say, it's not out of malice. He very clearly wants to get to know them because it's so cute. Like he will sometimes just lay quietly by the door and look at them. He has brought in to- he has brought toys to door and just sat and looked at them. Whenever he approaches them, even when he's barking, he's he doesn't put any base in it. His tail's always whacking happily. He's just like, come on. I am the donkey come Hanks. Come on. Mm-mm. And the cats are like, nah, man. Mm-mm. We not down with that. Nope. Nope. To nope. the donkey tongue Hanks?
1: Nope.
0: Oh, that's right. That was Bear boo."
1: Yeah, Bearboo was a Tom. Yeah, Boo was Tom Hanks. This one is more like, I don't know, Tim Curry.
0: I can live with that. Yeah. Yeah, because he is quite goofy. The one thing that makes him happy more than anything is road trips, getting into the car. <laughs> and what was it last week that we were going to go out for lunch? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, let's bring him with us. We can get a coffee. He is like the king of the pup cups now. He's figured out, and I don't know if every dog's this smart, but every dog I've had is this smart. It's like, if you go through a drive-thru, nine times out of 10, mommy's going to get something for you. So now he's like, oh yeah, this is for me. So we go and we get coffee and we get a cup pup cup, which again is, it's so simple. It's like a little cup with like whipped cream in it, but it totally makes his world. And he eats it. But he just loses his mind. He just explodes in joy whenever he's in the back seat of the car. All over our back seat. Like his smile is just huge. So I try to take him on doggy road trips, as I say, every chance I get.
1: Yeah, but there's a problem to that. What? You can't leave the house without him expecting that he's going on a doggy road trip.
0: Yes, and then when we took him out that one time, he literally almost dragged you to the car because he's like, "Wait, mom has the keys. That means a pup cup for me and whatever for you for you as well." Thank you. <laughs> Let's see what else did we discover about him? Watermelon. He loves watermelon.
1: Okay, so we know our dog is is okay. There are no racial epithets here, so
0: he will jack you for some watermelon.
1: Yeah, he does like watermelon a lot.
0: Banana, carrots, not so much, but watermelon. Yeah, he's our dog. (laughs) Let's see, what else happened outside of Braxton? Do we want to talk about the news of the week, or we're just going to leave that alone?
1: Am I allowed to talk about the news of the week?
0: Depends on what you say.
1: I mean, okay, we are not a political podcast. We feature um, the intersection of food and pop culture, but this week and I guess previous weeks to that have been eventful on the political spectrum, and we as a country are now immune to things as a result of it, but yeah, if we can talk about it or we could just let it flow
0: Okay, let's 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 just do this. Um, because we do, we have a lot of international listeners. We do. We have a ton. Like mm-hmm. I don't know why apparently people in France get together and like chill and listen to us in Paris.
1: They need comedy in their lives. Yes,
0: yeah, so all to our French-view listeners first of all, thank you.
1: The pip of the piss. <laughs>
0: But secondly, um You
1: know, it's don't yeah. kill my Peppy with Puree.
0: Oh my god, we won't talk about that. that. That was really kind of sad. How he did your Pepe Le Pew in?
1: Damn, shame he will a, a Pepe Le Pew doll.
0: <laughs> you know what it is? I think I honestly think it's the little squeaky or the talking mechanism that gets him.
1: Yeah, he wasn't feeling the talking, so he just took just went to the side of it.
0: Yeah, he um, what was it? Years ago on Valentine's Day, I got you the Pepe Le Pew. You did, and. Brexon got a hold of it and at first I was gonna take it out of his hands but by the time I realized he had it I was just like sweetheart you you're not gonna want that back on any desk or anything it is truly fucked up so <laughs> moment of silence for peppy Lapiel.
1: and every other toy that <laughs> has been leaving the house
0: yes yeah, slowly in a, yeah
1: in a basket
0: <laughs> um but that said um you for our international listeners, for our listeners based in the United States, we all know that by the time this recording is out, our, our president, his wife, and several members of the administration are currently um, positive for the coronavirus. So rather than just go into that, because again, we're not a political podcast, we don't want to, you know, there's certain topics that I think it's better that we don't touch. All we can say is the coronavirus is real. Please wear your mask. Please wash your hands. Please socially distance. Please take all necessary precautions, despite um, people saying the contrary. Because as Cardi B so wonderfully put it, the coronavirus, it is real. Yes. Yes.
1: For all those people out there, once again, mask up, glove up. Wash your hands, wash your legs, save it i am I am saving it for my epic Twitter rants, <laughs> but thus, I mean, just take it seriously, most importantly.
0: um, so anything else that we want to cover this week before we dive into our second segment?
1: This October.
0: Oh my gosh, yes, it's October, my favorite time of the year. sorry Uh, i I
1: did not know that was coming
0: (laughs) he really did for the look on his face okay you guys there's certain things that i just love more than life itself i love bond films right i love basketball like growing up in indiana basketball like high school women's professional men's professional college basketball Look, if you don't love basketball and you grow up in Indianapolis, they ship you to another state. So basketball is in my heart. But the other thing I love is I love horror movies. And so you got like a whole freaking month that's like dedicated to like horror shit. You know, <laughs> I love Halloween.
1: Horror shit.
0: Horror <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> okay. New stuff.
0: <laughs> and so usually this is the best time because... They have, like, nonstop horror movies on, like, AMC and other networks and, you know, people dress up for trick-or-treating, although not this year because they canceled trick-or-treating in our neck of the woods. Yes. Which really sucks because I have – I was so excited to do trick-or-treating this year and I understand why because, again, global pandemic. But, you know, for me, there's, like, a process to it, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, growing up – you know, my parents, they got, they got pretty smart. My parents are like, look, here's the thing. We can dress you all up. We can send you out trick-or-treating, but that's kind of stupid. Cause you know, maybe we have to work that night. Cause my mom worked nights or maybe we have other things to do. You know, there's all these crazy stuff. I grew up in the time where apparently every parent thought that candy had razor blade in the candy. So instead of having you go through all of that rigmarole, we're going to let you guys dress up. We're going to go and buy you the candy that you want. Right. And then you just hand it out to other people when they come to the house. So it'd be like a party at the house. And okay. it was perfect. And we did that as opposed to your family that turned off the light and to give the kids the candy hey, at all. Hey.
1: My mother, did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, so my mother did like, you know, handing out candy to the trick or treaters, but. My dad usually worked three to 11 or he was, you know, he worked the third shift overnight. So he needed to get his sleep before he got up and left.
0: And your dad worked the steel mills too. So all jokes aside, he worked really hard. So Mm -hmm. I understand even the rest.
1: Very much so. But yeah, my, my dad was more like, yeah, if you want to go out with your friends and go trick or treating, you know, be blessed. And like, he would, you know, at least give us a couple of dollars to go get a good costume. But That being said, this house was, like, the zero zone for the trick-or-treaters, like, turned off the lights, turned off, like, everything in front, but there'll be, like, no decorations. This house is off-limits.
0: It's like that in Poltergeist where, you know, that little lady's like, this house is clean. Yes. (laughs) That's, like, your house. (laughs) So... But yeah, whenever I used to be home for a past Halloweens, which wasn't always the case, especially when I used to work in the city of Chicago and have to have a long commute to and from. So it's not uncommon for me not to make it home in time. But I would try to take Halloween off. And then what I would do is when I had a dog, like Bear Boo would dress up in his little pumpkin outfit, which he hated more than life itself, but he looked so cute. He was a little pumpkin. And then... I would have horror movies running and we would give candy out to the kids and Bear boo loved children so much. And so undoubtedly they'll come and they'll be like, is that a little wolf? And on Halloween, he was a wolf. But mm-hmm. other times they'll be like, no, he's a Kishon. It's just easier to say he's a wolf then. Um, <laughs> it goes with the Halloween mystique.
1: Yeah, it's like the little werewolf running around.
0: Yeah. And so we, I, I usually would like, get like a really scary movie and then bear and i would also watch like a black ass horror movie right um like we saw vampire in brooklyn we saw bones which by the way do not watch bones sorry snoop out. that movie was horrible um <laughs> we saw tales from the hood which is one of my all-time favorite um black horror movies um we watched blackula and you know genga and hess and just some really great classics. So I was so excited, right? Because we have a dog again at Halloween. And I've been looking for him for Halloween costumes. And I was thinking about getting some candy, what candy we give out. Because if you are a listener of the show from last year, you know that there is a little bit of a way that we choose our Halloween candy here. That's right. <laughs> but now we can't do that because you can't get rid of it. Because think about it, You've been working from home.
1: I can work on that.
0: But it doesn't matter because they cancel Halloween where we live, which is kind of a bummer.
1: So where does the candy go?
0: Well, we're not getting candy this year. Damn it. Well, there's no Halloween. What are we going to do with it? No, we're not eating the candy.
1: (laughs) Me and the dog, will take care of that for you.
0: No, no, we're not. (laughs) And we even joked about, well, maybe we should just, like, drive around and, like, throw candy out the window to the trick-or-treaters. <laughs> just as they walk by. <laughs> but then they'll probably arrest us for assaulting children for that. So maybe that's a bad idea.
1: Yeah, in this see, they'll probably <laughs> carjack us with the candy.
0: Yes, but sadly, there is no candy. Which is sucks, because I found the perfect outfit for um, the dog. <clears throat> you guys, it's really the most adorable outfit. It was an Iron Man outfit, right? And even had the little glowing um, spark in the middle of his chest. Mm-hmm. It was so cute. But now we can't do it because there's no Halloween. <coughs> yes, there's our co-host. Obviously, he's disappointed about that, too. Yes.
1: <laughs> you still mad about that? Maybe he wanted
0: the Spider-Man one. I don't know. That was the fast second I was thinking about choosing. Mm. No,
1: <laughs> no, you get none.
0: But that sucks because we would have both been home for Halloween this year.
1: Yes, but at the same time, that would that just keep me from watching. Well, maybe it, no, it doesn't. Does not keep me from watching those horror movies.
0: Well, no, if you're living with me, you have to watch a horror movie. Except for the one we saw last night. I, the the trailer. I refuse to watch that.
1: What, which movie was that?
0: I'm not repeating it.
1: You're not repeating the name of this movie?
0: No, I'm not.
1: Is it just too racist for you?
0: I'm offended by it. <laughs> and you know, I watch bad movies. I like horror movies. Dudes, I like trauma movies. Mm-hmm. Seriously, Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD is like a, a secret treat of mine. That I guess it's not a secret anymore because I told them.
1: Yes, the world knows your <laughs> secret now.
0: By the way, if there's any chance I can interview Lloyd Kaufman, that would just make my life. Seriously, he invented to talk to the Avenger.
1: <laughs> That's your claim to fame.
0: But even I will not watch this movie. The the full, it's it's um, it's a horror movie made by this really awful company called Full Moon Features, and to be fair, it's not like they're awful. They're a low budget horror <laughs> movie company. <laughs> It's well, just
1: yo, yeah, well, I guess we're not getting that promotion,
0: uh, no, I well, we won't because remember what I told you i do if I see him on site, okay. <laughs> I grew up watching really awful movies because my dad has a pension for terrible movies, like seriously, he part of the reason why I love horror movies is growing up, my dad and I would watch them, and like the creature from the black Lagoon, we would watch it together, and then my dad would lean in and go. Look over there, you can see the zipper. <laughs> and I just love that stuff. Even now, oh my god, what was the last horror movie that we saw together? It was, it was, um... Was it a Jason movie? No, it wasn't Jason movie. You know what it was? It was that Halloween movie with Busta Rhymes in it. Remember the one with Busta and Tyra Banks?
1: Was it Halloween 2.0 or something? No, no,
0: no, that's a good one.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Halloween in the hood
0: Not all of the Halloweens are good ones. Yeah. But no, this was the one where they had like a reality show and they went into the house that um, Michael Myers was in. And then Michael Myers just went on this killing streak, because of course he did, in front of the cameras. And he killed Tara Banks, but we don't really know what happened to her. It's just one minute she's there and the next minute she's dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um in this movie i was watching with my dad and my dad turns to me and goes how is it that michael Myers eats like when does he go to the bathroom
1: oh my goodness (laughs) you're that kid no
0: i'm that kid because i have that dad (laughs) and i was cracking up laughing and he goes and more importantly how does he get around and i was like what do you mean he goes look okay Michael was put in the crazy house when he was a kid, right? And then he escaped. It's not like Michael got a driver's license. Mm-hmm. So how does he get around? Because his shoes are never busted. That is like his kicks are always on point.
1: Yeah. He's <laughs> got the like the black Air Jordans that he's not telling anybody about.
0: <laughs> he's like, they never wear out. They never run out of soul. They never get run down. Does he just walk everywhere? Does he hitch a ride? He, he can't really, drive. He
1: must be really buff.
0: <laughs> and I'm just dying laughing. And my mom's like, fuck it. I'm I'm not dealing with you. <laughs> like when we get together and we watch these movies, my mom just walks away because she just can't deal with it. But, but yeah. <laughs> wow. So now, long story short, and we'll have like a Halloween episode later, I think, because we had talked about that as a future episode.
1: Yeah, we're promoing our <coughs> Halloween show.
0: Where yeah. One
1: of us might be dressed up. Maybe we'll put the dog in something, but just to look funny.
0: Yeah. So I've been going hard on finding Braxton Halloween costume. And then a couple of days ago, they announced that they canceled Halloween where we are. Although Halloween across the border in Chicago is still going on. Yes. Yeah. So
1: Mayor included.
0: Yes. Mayor included. <laughs> So how much of a bummer is that? And no, we're—I guess we could still watch Halloween movies, like we totally can. Do we still get the candy? No, we don't get the candy. Son of a—maybe <laughs> get some like sugar-free or like healthy candy or something.
1: Uh, can we get beer? I guess. Okay, that's something.
0: You'd be drinking the beer, though. I don't drink beer.
1: You drink near beer, don't you?
0: Near Near beer beer is a thing. Near beer still gets me drunk.
1: (laughs) It does. Good lord, Jesus.
0: You know it gets me drunk. You've seen it get me drunk.
1: (laughs) Easy A. Yes, no. Okay, so near beer. (sighs) Okay.
0: So, anyway, that was our week. Um. By the way, if you guys happen to know of any type of um toy that Braxton can play with, or a really cool Halloween outfit for the dog, you know what? We still need dress up, and just maybe we can just dress him up. I don't know. Do it for the gram.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when in doubt, exploit your dog. But. I don't know, we could we can I'm sorry. Equal opportunity, but you know, we still have two cats we can
0: still mess with. Our cats have claws. I'm not putting the outfits on them. Sorry. <laughs> you, you, you don't want you don't want that cat throwing that paw boy. I don't want that smoke. I don't want that kitty smoke.
1: Cat rolls through here like what's <laughs> up in
0: this piece. Our cats are quite gangster. <laughs> let's let's not do that.
1: <laughs> You'd be like, wake up, you know, look around cats shitting in your sneakers. No. You don't want that.
0: Nah, nah. Okay, so no outfit for him. Still may do horror movies, except for that one. Unless you wanted to see it. I mean, you can talk about that one if you want. We had a long discussion about that last night.
1: No, I'm not giving the world, you know, that (laughs) yet.
0: And maybe we'll do something fun, like live tweet a horror movie or something. We'll figure something out. But in the meantime, I tell you what, we're going to take a break. (laughs) And then when we come back, we have three um really great stories that we wanted to share in the what's eating us segment Mm -hmm. and then um as always we wrap up this podcast with the what the best thing we ate this week is and we've got some pretty interesting choices so i can't wait to hear yours and in the meantime we're going to take a quick break you're listening to the gourmet cooper podcast and we will be right back Hey guys, I'm JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober, and I'm here to share this great new recipe journal from author Gaby Loreno. It's a progressive cooking journal designed for short and simple recipes at the beginning before advancing with spaces for longer recipes as you go. It's colorful, fun, fits easily in the kitchen drawer, and it's perfect for any home cook. Best of all, it has over 100 pages for your most beloved culinary delights. Be sure to get your copy today at Amazon.com. Hey, everyone. We're back. This is JJ Outlaw.
1: Hi, I'm T. Outlaw.
0: And we are back with the Gourmet Goober podcast. And after the break, our second segment of the show, we always talk about um, news um, covering the intersection of food and pop culture that we call What's Eating Us. And this week, we have three stories that is not, well, I was going to say not tied to the coronavirus, but I can't really say that.
1: Yes, all.
0: <laughs> Sadly, almost all of them are tied to the coronavirus and just the different ways that um, we are responding to that in this new world. So one thing off the bat that depending on if you are in specific locations throughout the country, meaning if you are in Chicago, you are in, um I think there's one opening in New Mexico. There's one that was supposed to open in Indianapolis, but it didn't. And we'll talk about that more in a moment, mm-hmm. but the advent of a new restaurant that is, um, created by rapper Wiz Khalifa called Hotbox by Wiz. And it is a stoner-based restaurant chain um, that you can only get by delivery. And they offer everything from such hits as Blaze Blaze Ends.
1: Blaze Ends.
0: And Chip Hits, which is – actually, Chip Hits sounds really good. It's a lightly fried lemon pepper Parmesan house potato chip served with three dipping sauces, blue cheese, ranch, and cheese sauce. The blaze ends, by the way, are like burnt ends that's smothered in a smoky sweet barbecue sauce. He has buffalo whiz wings. Um, He has fried mac and cheese. He has something called Hot Cheetos Buffalo Mac and Cheese. Wait a minute, what? (laughs) So it's fried mac and cheese, right? And it's Mixed with chopped buffalo chicken tenders, breaded in hot Cheetos, fried, and then served with a house sauce.
1: Are oh, you trying to pimp your mac and cheese?
0: <laughs> I was thinking pimp your heart, but yeah. yes. He also has everything from chili to a Taylor Gang turkey burger. He has an OG fried chicken and a Blaze OG fried chicken to keep him with that stoner theme. And then instead of Black and Yellow, which is the famous song that was Khalifa got him on the map, is known as Mac and Yellow. Of course, that gooey mac and cheese and it's topped with shredded cheese and chopped parsley. So this restaurant chain is what's known as a ghost restaurant. And you may have heard of that before. What ghost restaurants are is ghost restaurants. It's a new concept that there are no storefronts and it's entirely known as a on delivery own experience. Okay. So usually um, these restaurants partner with established food restaurants, and they operate ghost chickens, or ghost kitchens, sorry.
1: I'm still working on the ghost chicken.
0: <laughs>
1: How does that work?
0: Oh, my God. Actually, this is pretty awesome. Ghost chicken. Would that be like a Halloween-themed like chicken meal? Or would that be chicken with ghost pepper? I was
1: thinking more of the ghost pepper.
0: Yes, I was thinking that. (laughs) No, I meant to say ghost kitchens. And they've existed for a while, but they've really blown up because of the pandemic. And it's partially due to the fact that as people are eating in dining in restaurants less, right? Mm -hmm. And they're ordering out and amid the pandemic, they're socially distancing and eating at home. It's really a profitable way to go. So instead of seating guests indoors, um, they will co-op, and it looks like this is what the Wiz is doing, and establish restaurants and say, hey, we're going to give you the recipe. We're going to give you all the branded stuff. You make the stuff. They order it through Grubhub. We give you some of the profits, that kind of thing. So it's either a restaurant or a third-party service or the mainstay. And I guess ghost chicken, <laughs> ghost kitchens, ghost restaurants. Sorry, you're giving me this look like ghost chickens. Really, Jed? Really, I'm, Jay? Yeah, I'm <laughs> at the
1: point now where I'm thinking it's like a cartoon character. Like, <laughs> the Adventures of
0: Ghost, ghost chicken.
1: chicken.
0: So instead of space ghost and then um, robot chicken, it's they're combined to ghost chicken. That's right. Yes, I'm a geek, and I totally admit that. <laughs>
1: that is so cute of you.
0: <laughs> so according to um, this restaurant um, news source called Technomic, just to let you know, sales by ghost restaurants from over 300 facilities, um, they're expected to rise by 25% each year for the next five years, making an estimate of $300 million in yearly sales. And for people like Wiz Khalifa, it's really smart, right? Because think about how much you save. Um, because celebrity restaurants are all the chain, all the all the rage. Like DJ Khalid has a celebrity restaurant. DJ um, who? DJ Khaled has a restaurant in Chicago.
1: Because his hands go up.
0: <laughs> but you don't have to invest in employees. You don't have to invest in like anything other than marketing. There's very little overhead. You partner with someone and who wouldn't want to partner with Wiz Khalifa? And then in turn, you know, you get the the menu items sent out to a person and they're none the wiser. And because there's no storefront, it's not like you can go and pick it up. There's only a delivery option service that's available. Yeah. So for places like Grubhub and, you know, DoorDash and all of those chains, it makes a lot of sense. Fair
1: enough. I don't know, I'm of the opinion that it I, I I overall, the overall picture is I mean, I'm still trying to put my mind around it and I want to make sure that you know once the pandemic quote unquote ends, that I don't know if this remains a thing, but at the same time, I'm here to, you know, make sure everyone profits. And they stay down, sir. I'm trying to get that DJ Khaled drop on, but oh, um, you're really trying. Oh, <laughs> sincerely, I waited for that.
0: You were really trying, it was kind of adorable.
1: <laughs> yeah, but nonetheless, yeah, I'm intrigued by it. I'm just, I like the fact that like Wiz Khalifa put his name on this and somehow like didn't make it as stereotypical as I thought it would be.
0: You know, I gotta give him credit though. I mean, one, first of all, it's my understanding that he's opening these restaurants. Because it's kind of a cannabis themed restaurant chain. Yeah. And the whole idea is when you get the munchies, you can get the munchies to whiz. And whiz already, from what I understand, I'm not a partaker of the wacky weed. Do people no. call it wacky weed anymore? <laughs> oh my god, I'm so old. Okay, I...
1: okay, Boomer. Just just chill.
0: Shut up. I'm younger than you. Whatever. <laughs> I am. I am young at heart. <laughs> Anyway, I do not partake of weed. However, I have enough. I know enough people who do who know that Wiz Khalifa has a very popular strain of weed that he sells and is even named after him. Are you Stoner Adjacent? I am Stoner Adjacent. Yes. Okay. Good now. Well, look, it's legal in Illinois. We do not live in Illinois, that is but it's legal in Illinois. Mm. So opening up a chain in these places many of which have legal weed. It's actually brilliant. Mm. So kudos to him for this marketing idea. And certainly, like I said before, it's a brilliant idea because, again, it's an excellent response to COVID. Um, My question is, is this going to be a concept that lasts, like, once there's a vaccine? I mean, do you think we'll ever get to a point where we can dine in again and have, like, I don't know, like a normal experience because you and i were talking before um we got on the mics about dining and when we created the blog years ago Mm -hmm. part of what we always covered other than just the food and just the chefs and just the people um and you guys can even check out the old articles that we wrote in the places we got a chance to be a part of um It was the entire dining experience, right? Yes. So it was like the layout of the restaurant. And I had, I mean, there are some really memorable moments that comes only when you're dining in a restaurant.
1: Yeah, some of them are positive, like, you know, the food, the, you know, the waitstaff, you know, how they treat you. Just the general company. It's almost like an episode of Chick-fil-A's. It's a thing where, you know, you come up and you have. Certain restaurants, some of them could be chains in, like, one restaurant. Like, one part of the chain could be crappy. The other one could be pretty decent. But sometimes, it, you know, the staff makes the thing.
0: Well, but no, I it mean, it crazy. the staff could totally make the thing. I mean, if you think about it in terms of, I mean, the food could be excellent. But what brings it over the top? Like, you know what it is? Like, the one the last places I ate in was, gosh, what was that place that I got? um. Tour Le Jours, Remember when I went to Tourlejours? And <laughs> Pinky Finger. I love Tour Le Jours. I will always love Tour Le Jours.
1: It is Debouchy.
0: Where it's like a combination of like French and Korean cuisine.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: you know what? What really made it over the top, and I would recommend that place to everyone, is the service. They were amazing. And they answered all your questions. And this is like a new fusion for me. And they kind of walked me through the whole thing and the kimchi croquette. And now I'm just like, dude, if you're in Wicker Park and you want something different, this is where you go. Okay. And so it's sad that because, you know, of the ongoing pandemic and unfortunately people are not doing what they can in order to shorten the pandemic in our country by just, I don't know, wearing a mask. Um, I fear that there's a lot of experiences such as, you know, theaters. And we read the theaters are closing. Um, But more important, dining experiences when we close as well. So, yeah, even though this is a brilliant concept and I hope that they figure out a way to adapt it so that it can supplement restaurants who are really hurting right now as far as orders. Because we read somewhere that, like, for example, in Chicago, half of all Chicago restaurants that are shuttered right now Mm -hmm. may not make it. And yes, there are certain parts of the country that listen to us like. We have a lot of listeners in Florida, and I know that they just reopen up everything in Florida like nothing has happened, and it's a (laughs) free-for-all. We have lots of listeners in Indiana, and they just recently decided to open everything, even though Indiana's positivity rate is over 10%, which is insane.
1: It's the wild, wild west.
0: It really is the wild, wild west. And I get it. Everyone wants to go back to normal. I miss restaurants, too. There's so many people that I miss meeting up with. but. I don't know. Part of me wonders if, on one hand, yes, the ghost restaurant concept is really smart. But, you know, is it something that is here to stay? And we just may miss out on the dining concept as people have things delivered to them. Plus, it'll actually cut out a whole bunch of people who may not have, like, permanent places to have delivery sent to them. So they may never experience it as well. That's fair. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it is. Well, I have to say um, We really do love the Wiz Concept, so we may Find a way to have it ordered Somewhere over the border so we can try And tell you guys, because again, we can't Just walk into a place Um, Interesting enough, one of the places Wiz decided to open up his restaurant Chain, just as a side note is in Indianapolis, which I thought Was hilarious because Cannabis is not legal In Indiana, and it probably Never will be (laughs) (laughs) so when i first read this i was like hmm i wonder how this will go and sadly um they were going to open their chain in fishers indiana and the chain actually didn't open as planned it was supposed to go live this past thursday okay um so yeah um sadly no um wiz khalifa stoner meals in indy (laughs) Which I again think is hilarious that they were going to consider that. However, rest assured, Indy, you and other places around the country, instead of getting the Wiz Khalifa um, hot box experience, you will be able to take advantage of another rapper's delivery owned restaurant concept.
1: Do you say what?
0: (laughs) It's called Taiga's Chicken Bites.
1: Taiga's Chicken Bites. Bites.
0: Taiga's Chicken Bites. Okay. So if you're not familiar with Tyga, he too is a rapper. Um, for many of you, you probably know Tyga because he is the one who dated um, famously um, Kylie Jenner when she was just literally an underage teenager. I'm not going to get into that. That's between her and her mama and E! Entertainment Television. But if you like chicken...
1: <laughs> now I like chicken. And
0: you're fond of Tyga... <laughs> You can partake in Tiger's Delivery-owned restaurant called Tiger Bites. So you can get breaded um, onion-baked – not onion. Oh, my gosh. I cannot talk today. Oven-baked chicken. Ghost chicken. (laughs) Shut up. You can either get it in 8 bites, 16 bites, or 32 bites, right? Mm -hmm. You can either get it in bundles as well. So one love pack feeds one person, and then a fan pack feeds a family of four to five people. And they have flavors ranging from black garlic, lemon pepper, um, black, and peri-peri, which is a tangy sweet and spicy sauce, or spicy breading, rather. Mm -hmm. And then they have a whole range of sauces that you can dip in, ranging from spicy honey and Korean barbecue to garlic parmesan and buffalo. And Tamarin Chipotle, which sounds really good, actually. Okay. Um, as a side, you can also get Tiger Tots. Not to be confused with Weenie Tots, as we were talking about during the prep for the show. Oh,
1: that's right. The, <laughs> the mirrored with children. Tots.
0: We were talking and t- Big Daddy was like, he made Weenie Tots? <laughs> I was like, no, oh, Tiger Tots. Like actual Tots. <laughs> You know, potato tots. <laughs> so you can either get them in sweet potato tiger tots or a regular tiger tots.
1: I need some Kanye
0: tots. God, what would Kanye tots taste like?
1: They would. They would definitely be ghost chicken.
0: You just will not let that go, will you?
1: No, I will not. <laughs> And since, you know, know, (laughs) since he got in with like, you know, Kardashian slash Jenner's, you know, there's a...
0: It would taste like booty and shame. (laughs) Oh my God, did I say that aloud?
1: Just completely took my joke and just ran with it.
0: Yes. (laughs) First of all... I like it. First of all, that's one of those things that often stays in the inner thoughts that don't get said. So the fact that I said that aloud is rather
1: funny. That's right. You push the bubble... (laughs) I am so proud of you.
0: <laughs> you know, I'd rather talk about the Weenie Tot conversation. Okay. You know, Weenie Tots are different than, like, what, what do you call them? Corn dog Tots?
1: Corn dogs. Versus Weenie Tots.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, regular Tots with this hoarder. So, cheer up, Indianapolis. You may not get stoner food. But you will get talk.
1: Which I don't know why that <laughs> intrigues me that Indianapolis <laughs> is so rigid that they wouldn't want to partake of this. Because
0: Honestly, I don't think it's their fault. I think it just fell through, which is sad because they really pushed the envelope in advertising for a while. It's, it looks like some of the restaurants that um, decided to partner with them, they are not pushing ahead with that partnership.
1: No, they need to be entrepreneurs. There's a lot of like, you know, stonerware in Indianapolis. Lord knows I went to Shh. college there. Hell, Salt Lake City too. I mean they don't a be outing like our this.
0: friends. <laughs> no one likes a snitch.
1: Hey, I was at the Waffle House with some of these clowns.
0: Dude, you're like I went to school with some of them. Yeah. And they're somewhere listening like what?
1: Mm-hmm. They just <laughs> yeah, they, they literally are coming out of the haze right now.
0: Look, I know some of the same people because we went to college together. Yeah. All I can say is, sadly, Indianapolis, if you want your your bites. And kudos, by the way, just as a side note, kudos to Taiga for not calling them boneless chicken wings.
1: Ah, yes.
0: They are yes. bites because there are no such thing as boneless chicken wings. Boneless chicken wings are really tenders. And I will stand by that.
1: You do stand right up on that pedestal. <laughs> I agree with you.
0: Well, I, as we said before, honestly, um, I'm hoping, even though it's going to be a different way of doing things, that as ghost kitchens become more the norm, that maybe many restaurants will take um, the onus and doing this as a side. Mm -hmm. As a way to kind of save them their operations during the pandemic, because as I stated earlier, um, by some estimations, unfortunately, of up to half of the restaurant chains that are shuttered right now due to the pandemic in the um, Chicago building area alone, unfortunately, are not estimated to survive pulling through from this, which is a real shame because obviously that is left an overflow of people that unfortunately are out of work um, and by some estimates they're upwards, I think, is it like 18 or it's 13 million people, unfortunately, who are struggling um, with finding employment, correct?
1: That's about right. Yes.
0: So As what what we're finding is um, for our second story is a result of that again, related to COVID that as tens of millions of Americans are out of work, um, many of them, unfortunately, have turned to food bank for help and helping the newly, in- newly food insecure because of the pandemic and the fallout. So right now, they're estimated that about 10% of American adults, that's 22.3 million to be exact, reported that they sometime or often may not have enough food to eat, unfortunately, within the next week. And as a result um, of this, Feeding America, which is a ne- nationwide network of more than 200 food banks, we've actually worked with Feeding America when we were just a blog at the Gourmet Goober. Right. Um, so we're grateful for that partnership when we had it. And they're a really wonderful organization. But sadly, they're estimating that there is a shortfall as a result. As They're estimating uh, projected within the next 12 months – they will be a shortfall of anywhere between six billion and eight billion meals.
1: Oh my goodness. To be
0: distributed through the food banks. And it's a deficit that might be magnified as the federal food assistance programs are actually set to expire in the coming weeks and months. In fact, they analyze um the analysis estimates that the total need, according to the Washington Post, for charitable food over the next will next year, rather, will actually reach 17 billion pounds. That's more than three times last year's distribution. And they can directly tie it to the coronavirus. So I wanted to just bring this up because oftentimes people, when we talk about food and pop culture, it's easy to talk about like, you know, like the dining and things like that. And yeah, that's all part of it. But as we face this new normal together, we have to understand that unfortunately the food part of it deals with all sorts of things, including food insecurity, um, which Mm. is going to be a real growing problem as often things take hold. So for example, going back to the news of the week, We live in Chicagoland, which has like a major airline. What is it? United Airlines? That's based out of Chicago. And I'm familiar with them. I've actually freelanced for United Airlines before. Um, Their major hub runs out of. um, O'Hare. O'Hare. Yeah. And so unfortunately, United Airlines had to furlough upwards of 13,000 people. Um, that they're announcing American airlines announced that they're also furloughing people as well. So by the time this pandemic is over, they're estimating over 30,000 airline employees alone are actually um, looking to unfortunately be furloughed. Um, And many of those people, as you can imagine are going to be dealing with how to pay their rent. How to um, deal with um, things such as, you know, feeding their children, and yeah, food insecurities, which is also made more worse by the idea that there's also areas like where I used to work in Chicago, for example, where food deserts are a real, real thing. True. So. Do you think that well first of all, I, I know I've been doing all the talking about this and you felt passionate enough when I first told you that you thought that we should talk about it.
1: Yes, I did. And that's the thing about it. Like this the pandemic very much magnified what was already an on like an onslaught of a problem with food deserts, with, you know, providing people with quality foods and not just Hey, you know, we'll dump some paper towels and, you know, a couple apples, you know, and some, you know, non-perishable food. You know, these are people that literally need substantive meals, you know, children who are barely going to school and barely getting, as you would say, like food, you know, like good quality food in the, in the schools. Now, when they have to work, I'm sorry, like the children have to go to school virtually, it magnifies this entire issue. And I guess to me the quality of like, you know, because the shortfall is becoming more drastic. Now this now becomes an issue that will, um, rears ugly head in so many other different places. And that's the thing that scares me the most.
0: And I think the thing is too, that there are a lot of, individuals who find themselves struggling with food insecurity, who may not have realized that this is something that could affect them. I mean, the Washington Post article that I read, which was really, really good. And I would recommend anyone having a chance to go over it. It actually, they interviewed someone who had a really good job in the telecom um, telecommunications industry. And it was one where they had lost their job unexpectedly in April And they're still waiting for resources as far as, because in many states, unfortunately, unemployment um, has dried up, limited access to credit if someone already had um, economic issues prior to the pandemic. And of course, that's made worse by being out of work. Mm -hmm. And then, unfortunately, again, not to be political, but a lot of resources that should be available through government planning and things like that it's falling through. So as a result, um, there are a lot of um, places that um, are people that would probably never expect for themselves to be in this situation. Not that anyone would ever wake up and go, you know, I would really rather be in a food desert or something like that. But that's something to consider as too, it's restaurants close. As businesses close, as access to like grocery stores and things like that close, could this be a long-term problem that people have to seek out real solutions from? And kudos to places like, for example, I know that there's a lot of restaurants um, that are partnering up with food pantries because of the fact that their normal supply, in many cases, they plan six months out a year out as far as what they need, Mm. they realize that they're not going to be able to do that. And so they supply food for these pantries. They have places like the world kitchen and chef um, Jose Andres, who is addressing that and the um, places where food insecurity may be a real problem driven by, um, you know, a personal tragedy like the hurricanes or something like that. Right. But yeah, this is something that, Just as a community, we we need to be more mindful of. And I personally don't think it's talked about anymore. I think everything has kind of got swept away. And it just seems like every time you turn on the news, it's just like something new and insane that's going on.
1: That's this entire year.
0: Yeah, I think that's just 2020 to begin with. Just the whole idea of literally just turning on the news and just saying what the... F-U-C-K, it's going on. You can spell. <laughs> hey, you can spell your last name. So, <laughs> so one time. <sighs> but all jokes aside, though, seriously, um, first of all, if you are in a situation where you're struggling with food security insecurity, we want to remind you that there's many food pantries and organizations you can go to. Um, There's actually a really good list from an organization that I used to work with. Um, that I, you know, what I can put that link on there. Um, because they do a lot of stuff on the Chicagoland area, okay. And I do recommend them, um,
1: to the website,
0: yes. (laughs) But, um, again, we invite you, and I'll, you know, I'll do one better, I'll link. This, um, I very rarely have ever linked to like an article that we go over on the show about, mm-hmm. but this is enough of an issue. You know, we need, we recommend you help us spread the word and do this because that is a lot of people who are going to be dealing with that in the coming way if we don't try to get ahead of it.
1: And that's the thing like, one of the things that I don't think that people, especially the like us. Uh, as Americans will understand, is that food deserts and or the rational short, shortage of food affects people a lot closer than you think, even though you may not see it within your doors. If you really stop and look around, it is a lot closer than you will ever imagine. And it is horrifying.
0: Should we explain for people what food deserts are? Because I know not everyone's familiar with it. I was not familiar with it until I started to work in justice work on my day job. And certainly with the work I did in Chicagoland, because it's a common thing in Chicagoland, but not everyone knows it by that title. Okay. So a food desert is an area that has limited access to affordable and nutritious food, in contrast with areas with high access to supermarkets or like farmer's markets or grocery shops, um, which are called food oases. So for example, um, where I used to work and I used to work on the South side of Chicago and to be fair, Chicago has a ton of really great supermarkets. I personally have talked about my love of Pete's Market. I would road trip across the border to go to Pete's Market Their stuff is great, but um, even with the advent of that, right? They're not spread out everywhere. So, particularly in the south and west side of Chicago, it's not uncommon where you have to travel, and in many cases, particularly if you don't have access to a car, because maybe people don't in Chicago. It's cheaper to go on public transportation, but if you have to go anywhere between ten or fifteen miles in public transportation or longer, just to get to a grocery store with Fresh produce, fresh meats, dairy, and things like that um
1: the that farm, could be yeah. a
0: problem for many individuals and so sadly um in many of these areas, instead of having access to grocery stores that will provide families with all the healthy food they need to eat,
1: mm-hmm. there
0: are stores like for example, we have them here where you know you can get like candy or milk or some eggs or something. Yeah, traditional make stuff
1: that you can get, like, let's say at the gas station.
0: Right. And so in many places, sadly, there are fast food restaurants in order to make up those meals. And, you know, if you have to feed your family and you don't have access to resources where it could take you upwards of four hours to go to and from, depending on how frequently public transportation is, Right. that could be a real problem as far as making sure that your family has what it needs to make healthy food choices every day. And so food deserts are pretty common in large cities, but more and more in rural areas around the country, they're really become an issue too. And with what's going on with the pandemic and a lot of closures of major restaurants and major um, places that you can go to for food, like grocery stores and things like that, because of social distancing practices they're creating more of these areas throughout the country as well.
1: That's scary. Yes. And that's the thing. It's a lot closer than you think because Lord knows. I'm I'm not saying I live immediate, immediately in a food desert, but we're pretty damn close.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. We were just talking about that the other day. If the little grocery store that we live next to closes, the next available grocery store for us is what? five or six miles away.
1: Yeah. And the best, you know, one of the best markets we could find literally is almost in the next county.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's why it's really important. And so I'll put the link on there. There There's several great organizations, particularly with food deserts. There's something I want to say it's called the food empowerment project um, that actually goes over, explanation of what a food deserts are, where are they the most common, what causes them, and more importantly, how we solve them. So again, I know we often share laughs and things like that, but um, we wanted to bring that second story to mind because of the fact that we were really shocked by just how drastic it looks like it's going to be within the next 12 months. Yeah. Um. And so hopefully we can keep that in mind. We can point that out to, you know, our legislators and people that are in charge and just say, yo, this is a crisis that we need to get ahead on now. Because I don't care who you are, everyone needs to eat. (laughs) It's kind of important, you know, that whole air breathing, drinking water, eating thing. Yeah, we all need to do it. So the last story that we wanted to cover, we wanted to end with something a little light. And this is actually Well I'm not sure how light You well, would see it You laughed when you found out You're just like if it's not bread what is it <laughs> Oh wait a minute you know what Actually before that I also Oh wanted the refrigerator Yeah
1: they also with the shortages The thing I wanted to jump in That actually brought this to The attention of my family If you as a consumer Are out there And let's say you know Your fridge or freezer, stove, general appliances start to go on the fritz. If you need something like a major appliance, I would absolutely positively get it right now.
0: Yeah, please do not wait because according to Food and Wine, and actually we saw this on the Today Show as well, appliance stores are running out of appliances, particularly they're dealing with a run on fridges and freezers because of the fact that People are working more from home. They're getting more use in many cases, twice and three times as more as, you know, kids are going to school at home and, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, they're not gone during the day. So, what they're finding is applying stores are dealing with the run on all of these things because of the fact that supply chains are already affected by shuttering factories and things like that due to the COVID. And then you add on the people apparently are losing stuff. So now if you go to like Best Buy, Lowe's, different places, there's actually entire places that are completely wiped out on fridges and freezers.
1: Their stock and inventory is bare minimum right now.
0: Yes. Mainly because we are stocking enough food, as food and wine said, for the end times. So people are going to run for them, and I'm not even talking about the fancy ass refrigerators. And I say this because when our fridge went on the fritz, we're like, "Oh, we're just going to go get another fridge," not realizing that these fridges are like next level fridges that talk to you and show you the stocks for the day, and they will tell you
1: what you are missing in your fridge and go get it for you. All right, tell Amazon, please pick this up.
0: It'll order food for you from Grubhub. I just remember looking at that and I was like, dude, I just want a fridge.
1: You don't want the Oprah fridge.
0: Well, one, I don't live like Oprah. So it seems kind of stupid to have our little ass house and this fancy ass fridge.
1: Yeah, you want but the fridge. That does everything. Wait a minute. Yeah, we want like, you know, fridges like we want our TVs, like, you know, that literally will give you the daily affirmation of the day.
0: Right. It has one of the fridges had like a link to Roku in it. I'm like, it's a fridge. Why am I going to sit in my kitchen and watch TV in my fridge? I have a a big screen TV for that.
1: Yeah, but you're not in front of your big screen TV when you're cooking.
0: Well, actually, I could walk a couple of feet and do that.
1: But why would you?
0: (laughs) I guess not. Yeah. (laughs) So from the fancy fridges that apparently talks to you, and I think would wake me out, but okay, to just like the basic fridges. It doesn't matter. People are making a run on all of those items as they're planning to um, hunker down for the long run.
1: No, I want the fridge that literally likes the Cosby show. You know, when uh, Mr. Huxtable visited uh, his son Theo at his, uh, what was it, the uh, off campus apartment where they had like, you know, the drinks that came out the side of the wall. We I don't want need that kind of fridge. Yeah. <laughs> where you only have to get up, like literally, you know, there's a contraption that shoot your beer, your, you know, your soda, like, you know, halfway across the room, like, would you like a bottle of water?
0: Yes. First of all, catch. let's not ask for anything that propels food in our water, because, again, we have three very smart pets. So Lord knows they will probably figure out a way for it to feed them, and then we'll just have to leave the house to them.
1: That'd be cool. And, like, you know, cat-dog interceptions. <laughs> But anyway, yes, there's a huge run on fridges to the point where if you right now were ordering a fridge, the inventory stock is so bad, you may have to wait till the beginning of 2021 right. to pick it up.
0: So, Food & Wine is recommending that if you're in the market for a new fridge, the retailers have suggested being flexible with the style, finish, and features that you're looking for. Also, in many places, they have weightless. Oh, goodness. Weightless is um weightless list as long as 40 to 50 people long. So if there's one you have your heart set on, put your name on the wait list right away. And then just remember that you need to act fast. I know that traditionally um, when it comes to shopping for new fridges, Black Friday is always a time that people look for deals on appliances. But even more importantly, than Labor Day is another one um, that people are looking for deals as well. But in either event, you want to make sure that you rush as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, because of the
0: fact that, yeah, they're finding they're running out. And then um, a third option would be maybe not, maybe if you want to consider secondhand. So there's places like the Sears Outlet that serves like refurbished fridges and things like that. So it may have a bump or two available, but if you're not looking for the fancy, telling you what to eat for the next week, Fridge, it might be a place for you to get it ref- replaced.
1: Yeah, it's entirely possible that if one of the sorry one of the other alternatives you can consider is you can go into certain big box stores and negotiate with the manager and ask how do they feel about the floor model or yeah, the one that you're viewing and hell, pick it up and take it home on your you know, in your truck on Taco Tuesday. <laughs> which is every week. <laughs> Taco Tuesday, but yes. Why
0: don't you freak up Taco Tuesday?
1: <laughs> because as opposed to Black Friday, pick one up on Taco Tuesday now.
0: In other words, just pick up one up and don't wait because they may not, because of a run on demands, they may not have deals that are available that you yeah. may find in the future. Because if you need one, rather. yeah,
1: exactly. If you need one on Thanksgiving then well, you may
0: want to start shopping now in October. Exactly. So the last story um, is actually something that, again, we wanted to keep it light, um, but it's something that has plagued a particular restaurant chain. And now, um, as a result of a ruling in Ireland, their bread cannot legally be called bread anymore. Why? <laughs>
1: Just say why.
0: Yes. Yeah, so Subway and. Um, Subway chain, you guys may be familiar with their sandwiches and things like that. As we all know, they've dealt with some struggles in the past, anywhere from a spokesperson that is highly problematic, and that's putting it nicely,
1: yes,
0: to some of their issues with their bread being identified as not bread because they had a certain chemical that was synonymous with yoga mats. But <laughs> now Big Subway is running into a problem again. So in Ireland um, this past week, there was a ruling, um, a judgment that was published last Tuesday, that Ar- Subway's Irish franchisees, um, franchisees can no longer call certain um, rolls from Subway as bread. Because in some cases, they contain up to five grams of sugar, which is the same as two plain digestive biscuits. And so just to kind of give you an idea on Subway's bread, because they contain five times as amount of sugar as other um, brands, they can't describe the sandwiches as being on bread.
1: I find that very intriguing that the Irish are basically like, you know, this this bread is a little... This is quite sweet. We need to look into this. I know I'm stealing this from the Daily Show, but um, the concept of the bread is too sweet to be served as bread.
0: So, Footlung has 10% of sugar and of weight of the flour. That's, That's a lot. Clear.
1: That is a lot. At the same time, I have now reached a point where I think I almost feel bad for some way because, yeah, I, I like their sandwiches, but... Subway, as you said, has dealt with, you know, problematic spokesman and spokesman adjacent issues. Well, yoga mat like bread. And my favorite, the your foot long is not actually a foot long.
0: Yes, that was hilarious. And going back to yoga mat run, in case you guys are wondering about that, um, you may recall in 2014, Subway decided to to start removing something that's called a flour whitening agent. And, okay, I'm going to try to say this. It's azodicarbamide from his baked goods. After a petition circulated online that identified um, that ingredient as being the same thing in the manufacture of both yoga mats and carpet. In fact, it was actually banned in the European Union and Australia for use in food products. But in the United States, it was okay. So that was an issue. And of course, you referenced the lawsuit that they recently went through where someone was actually pissed enough to measure the foot loan. I've never thought to go into a subway and just go, you know, is this like 11.56? yeah this inches it's not enough for a foot long no, no no, this is exactly
1: <laughs> eleven point four seven eight inches. This is not a foot long. this is absolutely ludicrous. We cannot have foot longs That are not a foot long
0: this is this is reprehensible. I cannot have this and of course, in two thousand seventeen, and we actually talked about this on the show mm-hmm. there was famously um a story that was put out by the c b c which tested and found that Subway's oven-roasted chicken contained just fifty-three point six percent chicken DNA, and its strips was just forty-two point eight percent.
1: See, don't don't go. See, that right could
0: actually be ghost chicken.
1: It is ghost chicken. As <laughs> matter of <laughs> fact, now I'm now I'm offended. How somebody gonna mess up my chicken, man? It's real chicken. I don't I don't know how I feel about this. I'm... I am quite confused. Subway need help. They're yes, people. Yeah, they. they people keep getting me- you know keep messing with their stuff. I don't like this. Sorry, I got my wrong voice out now. Excuse me. I'm quite upset.
0: <laughs> so yes, and this is not to say that other fast food chains do not often have problems. And going back to the CBC um, study about the Subway chain, um, that one was particularly notable because Subway was so upset that. Um, They identified that their chicken was not all chicken, that they actually launched a $210 million lawsuit against the CBC report that said the chicken was fake. And in December of 2019, the courts in Canada sided with the CBC and saying that that's um, it is what it is. But honestly, um, in case you're wondering what the other part of it is, it's not just some random ghost thing. I guess the rest of the chicken is what's called soy protein. And to be fair, I guess chicken patties are not all entirely chicken when you go to restaurants too. Oh, no. So they tested not only Subway chicken patties, but as a reminder from our previous podcast, they also tested patties and pieces from a w McDonald's, Tim Hortons, and Wendy's. <laughs> and they're all found to be anywhere between 88.5 and 89.4% chicken DNA. But um, sadly, Subway's chicken read the least amount of chicken. <laughs> so their oven roasted chicken was just merely 53.6%. And the chicken strips were not even a full 50% chicken.
1: See, I find that kind of scary because it's almost like Subway is like the, they're like the, we're going to fill everything with whatever we have, you know, just randomly in the back. It's like, yeah, you know, your bread might not be 100% bread. Your chicken might not be 100% chicken.
0: And the footlong is not exactly footlong.
1: Yeah. I feel that. They're almost like... I feel like there's a lot being perpetuated here.
0: I also feel Subway. that we're probably never going to get Subway as a sponsor <laughs> at this point. I think we can kiss that goodbye.
1: Damn it, man. Well, yeah, that's right. Because also, like, when they made that uh, that brisket sandwich.
0: Yeah. Oh, I went to
1: town on that one.
0: Yeah. I don't, I'm pretty sure when Subway is looking for foodie podcast to sponsor, they're going to hear us and go, not those Micros.
1: Yes. <laughs> Okay, so Subway, uh, it's what you eat, but apparently they will not be rocking with us.
0: Well, if it makes you feel better, and we do have quite a few listeners in Ireland. It's one Mm. of the 14 countries that do listen to us. If you live outside of Ireland, the bread is legally still bread. So, (laughs) rock on America, we're still eating, I guess, a sandwich? They never really identified what they were.
1: Which may be a <laughs> long, may not be. You know what it is? Everywhere outside of America, it's the metric system. That's what's messing us up. No. Damn it. I don't think so. It was worth a try.
0: <laughs> so on that note, I tell you what, why don't we take a quick break? And then when we come back, we're going to close out this podcast, share with the audiences the best thing we ate this week. And as always, we'll put a link in the notes to where you can find your own sample. So until we come back, you're listening to The Gourmet Goober, and we'll be right back. Hey guys, this is JJ Outlaw.
1: And T. Outlaw.
0: And we're the co-hosts with The Gourmet Goober podcast with a very important question.
1: Are you a little gourmet or a lot (laughs) wretched?
0: Or maybe you consider yourself gumbo-worthy. Hey, if the answer is yes to any of those questions, then you need to tell the world with your very own Goober swag. From mugs and aprons to t-shirts and sweatshirts, it's the perfect way to show your love for the Gourmet Goober podcast and, you know, help us keep the lights on in the process. (laughs) So if you are a little bit gourmet and a lot wretched, Head on over to GooberSwag.com, that's GooberSwag.com, and get your very own Goober gear today. Tell him Big Daddy sent you.
1: That's right. Tell him. Hey
0: everyone, we're back. This is JJ Outlaw.
1: And T. Outlaw.
0: And we are back with the Gourmet Goober podcast. Where we wrap up this show like we do every show, where we share the best thing we ate this week. Um, that's the shows near there's from major franchise chains or new startups or even an old reliable hole in the wall. These are places that we just love and we adore and we hope that you have an opportunity to enjoy it yourself. As always, we put a link in the um, show notes. So in the case of my choice, if there is a franchise near you, you can try it and exquisite the culinary joy of eating this Item for yourself. Um and Big Daddy, we always start with you. So what would you say is the best thing you ate this week?
1: Well, kids, my <laughs> choice is actually from choice D. None of the above. <laughs> okay. My the my choice for the best thing I ate this week actually came from my own damn kitchen. Because I get down like that. No, uh, <laughs> my choice was actually Chilly because it is getting a little oh. cooler right now and up, up here in the Midwest and I decided to go into the kitchen and screw around the lab and I have been this has been the best joke I have pulled off in the last five years.
0: Why are you talking like that right now?
1: How am I talking like what? <laughs> but no way Craig
0: was on the side.
1: I'm sorry, what?
0: Remember from King in the Hill in that episode where they chose Hank Hill? For
1: their, um... The Nine Holes Country Club?
0: Yes! And why did he choose Frankie
1: <laughs> Because Ted was san said so. <laughs> what? But, hope- <laughs> but I'm not saying why Ted was san said it. <laughs> and hopefully I am not sounding like Ted was san <laughs> But no, once again, the best thing I ate this week was actually some chili I threw together And the joke about it is, is that I never, in any part of the time that I have put together this chili, have remembered what I have put in this chili.
0: Okay, first of all, I don't know people why he's talking that way. But second of all...
1: This disturbs you, doesn't it?
0: Yes, it does.
1: It's just, it is what it is. But no, it was just, no, this is the chili that has no name and no ingredients. It's just...
0: Okay, well, it has ingredients. You just don't remember what you put... Okay. For those of you who may be new to the show, I think we talked about this before, where Big Daddy one time made the most amazing chili. It was just perfect. It was like the great... It was like the <laughs> perfect mix of flavors, and you had um like two or three different types of meat in it, and... It was just the right amount of spice. It was the best chili that you have ever made. Like, seriously, I'm a daddy's girl and my dad's chili up until that moment was the best chili I ever had. Mm -hmm. And you surpassed my father. Thank you. And the only thing is, he doesn't remember how he made it. He didn't write down anything.
1: No, I did not.
0: And so he's been trying to recreate this chili ever since. It's You've been trying for six years.
1: Yes, I have. <laughs> but it's still the best thing I ate this week because this reincarnation that I will not remember uh, did include, of course, ground beef. Yes. It also included my favorite. I threw in like little shards of bacon chopped yes. up. Uh, It actually included, of all things, chicken sausage that I chopped up.
0: Yeah, that was a surprise, actually.
1: Yeah. I decided to go a little different because usually I add in like ground pork or some kind of odd beef. But yeah, this time it was a uh, chicken sausage. Of course, the uh, stewed crushed tomatoes, diced tomatoes sauce.
0: Also wolf brand the- chili.
1: Wolf brand chili.
0: Yes. That's it, right. Kids. Do you use wolf and chili as a starter for this chili? or Yeah. Okay
1: always got to have a new, little niche because we also have the discussion of whether or not to add beans. And sometimes I add beans, sometimes I do not. This time, of course, adding beans, a little cilantro, green peppers. Maybe I forgot the, did I forget the red and the yellow pepper?
0: Yeah, yeah. can you just put green peppers in
1: it. Okay. Of course, the onions, the garlic. Also throwing a little bit of green onions because, you know. Green onions is a great thing to add. But yeah, I threw it all together, sat on the, the stove for like an hour and a half, and uh, it came out with some pretty good chili. But I don't remember everything I stuck in it, so don't look for it in the show notes. Just know that I had really good chili, and it was the best thing I ate this week.
0: I wish you would write it down, because honestly, now, did you hit that chili that you made last time? No. And I think part of it is because you added two different types of peppers. Remember we had like capsaicin peppers and then there was like another type of green chili I think you added to it? Yes. And it was fresh from our garden and it was so good. I I mean, you should, why don't you at least write down what you've done so the next time you can get closer to it, you can know what to tweak it.
1: No. It's literally like my ancestors just said, this is what you're going to make this time. Okay. And that's what I made this time, and I, I, I'm going to keep trying. It's kind of like, you know, when Michael Jackson made Thriller and, like, every other album after that, he could not recreate it.
0: Well, I'm sure he wrote down some things. He didn't do it all by
1: out of his head. But literally, after Thriller, every other album or every other songs in the set that he put together could not match the great competency of Thriller, Celeste. So what I am trying to do is like Michael Jackson trying to put together that that Grey album again, and I'm still working at it.
0: But here's the thing. You can't really compare it, because Thriller, I can listen to Thriller anytime I want. I listen to it every Halloween because I love it. I will never experience, we will never experience that exactly again.
1: But Why? Because you
0: haven't written anything down! <laughs>
1: Even if I write it down, it will never be, <laughs> it will never be. See, it's like the magic. You know, it's just that one magical step. It's that one Simone Biles, like, flip that literally just. Oh my God, he's comparing recreates. his
0: chili to Simone Biles.
1: Hey, I'm I'm good
0: like that. I can't believe you just did that. So if you're listening, and in my head you're listening. It's not by comparison. <laughs> Although it is really damn good chili.
1: That's right. I make damn good chili.
0: Although that one time you made chili was better than any other chili that I've ever had in my life.
1: And you appreciate that.
0: And now I know that I will never have it again.
1: But did you appreciate it?
0: That one time? Yes. Well, yeah.
1: You still remember. <laughs> I, you still have a memory for that chili.
0: I remember. I wish I told asked you to write it down while it was still in your
1: head. <laughs> Even if I... <laughs> Even if I was able to like tell you at that very time what I threw in that chili, I still cannot tell you everything I threw in that chili because, like you said, sometimes it was sauce or seasoning. I'm sorry, is sometimes you just shake it until the ancestors say stop.
0: <sighs>
1: it was the best thing I ate this week, so damn it, I'm sticking <laughs> with it. I am sticking with it because I'm good like that.
0: Anyway, Ted was on a song, so the best thing I ate this week was actually from a restaurant called Portillo's. And if you're not familiar with Portillo's, Portillo's is kind of like a Chicago institution. Um, so there's restaurants mainly in Chicagoland, but I know that they have places outside of Chicago. In fact, if you happen to live in Indianapolis, they opened up a Portillo's in Indianapolis not that long ago, maybe about a couple years ago in Fishers.
1: But it's not as good as the Chicago.
0: Well, no. Only because of the fact that Portillo's is freaking amazing and it's kind of hard to, you know how, okay. You know how sometimes the original location is often the best. So the Chicago location, yes, it is hella good, but.
1: No, no, there is no hella good. Literally is, I'm willing to say that I know we have talked about because I am a big burger fan. I know we have talked about the best places we can get burgers, but I absolutely positively, this is the only time I will ever say that if you ever go to the Portillo's in downtown Chicago, I believe it's on Ohio street. I want to say, I may be wrong exact, about the exact street, but I know it's in River North, but they absolutely positively, if you go get a char dog or I'm sorry, not a char dog, like a char burger, Double char burger it is literally the, and you get it at the exact right time it is the best burger I have ever had in my 46 years of life.
0: Wait, is are there char dog or oh, no, no, you have me saying char dog. I are be. there char burgers better than the one at the wiener circle? Yes. Cause shout out to the wiener circle, man. If y'all have never been to the wiener circle, that is some next level stuff. Yes. They're, they're really, really good, which just as a side note, Oh my God, cameo? Okay, first of all, let me backtrack.
1: Wait, are we talking about cameo with Larry Blackman or cameo?
0: Cameo, they have.
1: Oh, okay. Okay,
0: so I'll explain everything. So, in a nutshell, Wiener Circle, the Chicago Institution. Um, what neighborhood is it in?
1: Uh, the Wiener Circle. Yeah, it's just south of Wrigleyville on Clark at Clark Street.
0: Right, it is on Clark. So basically, it's a restaurant that you go and people are rude to you, and we're not talking like, um, like Ed Debevic's rude to you. We're not talking about um, is it Frank's Fret Last Resort rude to mm-hmm. you? We're not talking about that. We're talking like straight up because cuss at you. <laughs> it is so good. Just Google them; they're just amazing. And there's a woman who is in charge of the restaurant. Her name is Poochie. Shout out to Poochie. Um and Poochie is incredible.
1: I'm afraid of that woman.
0: Yes. My husband is straight up afraid of her. Um we have brought we, brought we have brought family members, like I very famously brought my sister to um the wiener circle.
1: She's still having flashbacks.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's still having flashbacks because we didn't tell her that they're rude and they were Poochie was like in rare form that night. <laughs> and some college kids were fucking with her. So (laughs) my sister's like, oh my God, I want to leave. I'm like, no, 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 no. You stay for the burger. And she did. She said, seriously, okay, the best burgers of all time are in Kuma's Corners. I'm sorry. But the best char burger, if you just do a char burger with like, you know, kind of a crust to it, it's really, really good. Mm -hmm. I would challenge you, even though Pertilis is good, the best char burgers on the planet is at the Wiener Circle. Straight
1: up. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Once you go, to is I'm, a close second. No, we, I'm going
0: I'm we'll have have to, to. We're going we're gonna to have to fight about this. Yeah, we're going
1: to have to take this outside.
0: Yeah, we're going to to do this outside. We may not be buried by the time we do the next show.
1: Yeah, see me outside
0: This well, <laughs> Catch me outside. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> but Portillo's, going back to Portillo's, they do have other locations. Um, most of their locations are in the Chicagoland area. But they also have locations in Los Angeles. They have one in Las Vegas. They have one in Florida. And oddly enough, they have one in Indianapolis and one, I think, in Minneapolis. Um, Minneapolis. So I'm going to
1: say the one in Indianapolis, probably is milk toast.
0: I'm not going to go with that because I know people have gone there and they really, really love it. But they're known for char burgers. They're known for... Well, they have several different restaurants, so you can get almost anything from like pasta to charburgers
1: to garbage salads,
0: garbage salads, what they call garbage salads, which are amazing to um, hot dogs. But the reason you go really is they have some of the best Italian beef on the face of God's green earth. And so we have been I, I've, I've been trying to cook more um, since I've been working from home. But this was a particularly um, busy week for me. And so I'm like, screw it. Let's just go ahead and order from Portillo's. We hadn't had it in over a year. And they delivered their very famous um, Italian beef sandwich. It was so perfect. And you can get it with like dipped, which means dipped in an au jus sauce. I usually, when I order it, so it's not completely soggy to the gods by the time it gets to me, get um, the the odd juice gravy on the side. Then have it delivered. Yes. But oh my god! And then you can get like a little cup of cheese sauce, and you can pour it over the top, and serve it with Jardinera, which is a type of hot um, pepper salad that you put on it, like a hot pepper relish. Mm-hmm. And it is perfection. Oh my god! I, I I had a moment when I ate it at the table.
1: <laughs> did she? Did you have a sniffles moment?
0: I had a sniffles mo- snuffles moment.
1: Snuffles, sorry.
0: Yes, I had a snuffles moment from Hannah Rivera. <laughs> it was that good. So definitely the best place I ate this week. And of course, I'll give you guys a link to it. Also, just a side note: even though I didn't order it, you get a chance to try their very famous chocolate cake. It is hella good. And if there's not a prtitilla's near you, my understanding is there's actually a copycat recipe. I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes as well, so you can make your own um, Portillo, um chocolate cake. And it is incredible so i think we have it we're closing out another episode big daddy where can they find you online
1: well you can find me during the pandemic uh on twitter at t outlaw that's t-o-u-t-l-a-w once again i think i can spell it on twitter and on instagram at t outlaw Chelsea wells
0: as always you can find me at jj outlaw on twitter you can find me at gourmet goober on instagram please drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. And our dog is making a weird noise. So we're going to wrap things up. So until next time, this is JJ and T Outlaw saying happy eating.
1: Happy eating.